0: Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Leslie. Welcome to Quince. A little sweet. A little tart. A little unexpected. Today is Wednesday, February the sixteenth, twenty twenty two. And Tom is moving on. It surely is.
1: <laughs> ah. Yeah, there's something a ton of stuff going on in that is a damn with the winter. Time, it's been kind of icky weather. We have snow on Sunday. Some nice
0: snow. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I went to church, and it was really hard to pay attention to the service because the snow was so pretty out the windows. Ah. So we did pay attention.
0: Well, I woke up and was getting ready for church And I looked out and I saw that snow starting, looked on the radar and said, wait a minute, this stuff's going to be pouring down. And by the time you all got out of church, there was a good inch, inch and a half on the ground. Yeah, well, and the (laughs) uh,
1: roads were white in spots. I didn't have any trouble with the little tiny road that leads to the church. So I went on to work. Kristen had come in. And we closed at 11 because we thought um, the weather was going to continue to be bad. But um, when I went back up after Dad, I went ahead and reopened. I didn't see anybody, but the heat was already on. Well. So
0: uh, it was all right. I know. I thought I might miss the... Super Bowl game. That was the first Super Bowl I probably paid much attention to since 1978 and 79. Oh, my goodness. Well, I lived in Pennsylvania then, going to college just north of Pittsburgh at Allegheny. And so, of course, it was a big deal with the Steelers in. Of course. Or, so that was, uh, so whatever. Yeah. And this year, <laughs> I decided to pay attention. Of course, my friend, Bob, loves football. And, um, but this summer, when Kathleen and I traveled out to Iowa, we stopped and spent a day and a half in Cincinnati, uh, and just had such a good time. So yeah. I said, "All right, I'll root for the Bengals." There you go. <laughs> of course they lost, but <laughs> we well, well, I always look
1: up the uh, Cla- the Clydesdale commercial every year. They
0: didn't even have one. Yeah, they didn't. Oh, did they? Well, I or, looked it up on YouTube. Or it and was showed it. a very short whatever. The ads were just. Downright weird.
1: Well, this one was disappointing to, for me. It was um, it wasn't very long. It just had one of the well. Uh, it had it had a dog and a horse. It had a something? dog and a yes. horse.
0: okay.
1: And the horse fell. Yeah, yeah, it was weird. It yeah, was not it a nice. So they, they packed up the horse, and he was in. I guess he was depressed in his stall,
0: and then he came out, and that was off yeah I in fact it was forgettable right Because you know, I just forgot you it until you forgot we, it. yeah that's sort
1: of how they all were yeah because I've, I've seen some that made me cry
0: oh absolutely yeah, No, that it was cool. very interesting and and the halftime show you know I mean I'm old right I'm t- I'm gonna be 65 this summer and But, I mean, I like any kind of music, including rap, if it's poetry. and, yeah. and um, But the halftime show, I think for people our age, if I can say that, that yeah. sort of ageism there, um, it just doesn't make sense.
1: Well, uh, what I saw on Facebook was pretty divided. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the older people hated it,
0: mm-hmm. and younger, but younger people found it very empowering. Yes, and I have heard that since, mm-hmm. um, especially even people who came of age in, say, the 90s. Yeah, and,
1: yeah. Um, yeah people you know, 50 and under. Right. Pretty much. Um, not maybe so much um, younger people around here. But in that, I know what no other places, yes, they found it very empowering and very
0: thrilling. So, I'm happy, I'm yeah, happy no. that that's true. But for me, it was just like, Oh my goodness! Well, the last <laughs> halftime show I saw had Tina
1: Turner, so you can tell how long it <laughs> goes. Right. And she was magnificent, So of course, of course, <laughs> yeah. But so that, that was a great show. Oh, well. But that was, you know, she was talking directly to my experience. Yes. You know, given that I'd uh, grown up with her
0: music. Well, and that is the whole thing. I am seeing it more and more how much I need to accept that um, things really, truly are changing and it's not up for me, up to me to say they're wrong or oh, right. Well, or.
1: we date ourselves because uh, I remember my parents
0: uh, mm-hmm.
1: and grandparents saying all that
0: awful music y'all have. Right, right. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> so I don't want to be that. Yeah. I, and you know what? I don't either. <laughs> but I all I don't know. Maybe a part of me. I always thought because baby boomers were such a large part, and we still are, oh, of yeah. the population, and such an influence still on on music and movies and whatever, um, I guess maybe I thought it would hang on. Yeah, but time moves on. And let's
1: these, the, the people apparently that were on the uh, field or stage were... You know, in their forties and fifties, right? They weren't kids, right? From the looks of them, I mean, there's one of the same pictures one woman. She's beautiful, but she wasn't young, young,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, younger than me and fitter than me. But, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so
0: yeah, the super cool things happen, did not it? <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, yeah, life. Yep. Wow, so, well now one thing, I finally got a vacation. Yes, that was a biggie. A real, just vacation yeah. to the beach. And uh, I had never in all my life been near Myrtle Beach, yep. even though everyone I knew growing up, you know, go to Myrtle Beach. And since my family, my dad's, and that side were from New Jersey. We always went to the Jersey Shore
1: of course. As,
0: yeah. you know so I just never had experienced that. And a lot of the coal miners in West Virginia um, went to Myrtle Beach.
1: Everybody from here went to Myrtle Beach right you know, that was the summer
0: vacation mm-hmm. And we were we were south of there. Um, and of course it's off season. And it was a beautiful beach. It's called the Grand Strand. Uh, about You're 60 like miles, some of pictures. Yeah, 60, 60 miles of just gorgeous beach. And being the sort of people I went with my friend Bob, and being people who like to explore and history and whatever, we found Brook Green Gardens. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we went and got tickets, and they were good for seven days. And it was the statuary made by this beautiful artist, Anna Hyatt Huntington. And in the 1930s, her husband was the Huntington of Railroad Wealth, and he built this garden just so her statuary could go into it. (laughs) Cool oh. <laughs> botanicals. I mean, the, right to this uh, day, they have about three hundred acres mm. that are open. Just amazing, and there's other people's statues there now, and famous people's and uh, artists, and of course all the botanicals. There's a zoo. Uh, we spent three afternoons there and still didn't oh. see it all. <laughs> yeah, and then the home of Mister and Missus Huntington what is called Atalaya, I may be saying that wrong, but that's Spanish word for watchtower. Mm. And it was built like a Moorish castle, it had 30 rooms all on one story, sort of a U-shaped, you know, a courtyard in the middle. And they built it in, in this very interesting way, very plain, but out of stone, where they could hose it down in case, you know, there were ever floods and all the sand because it wasn't that far from the actual beach. Wow. Yeah, I know. So you go in thinking it's going to be this grand whatever and there's no more furnishings left in there, but you just look at it and you think they could hose this place out, Which, <laughs> as it turned out, was the intention. And, yeah. of course, it was their summer place. Yeah. Or winter, I'm sorry, winter place oh, from yeah. Long, Island, Long Island down to South yeah. Carolina. Well, that's awesome. Yes, yeah, and that's now a state park that mm-hmm. they lease to the state of South Carolina. Yeah. The estate. And we went to Polly's Island, mm-hmm. which has the story of a ghost. Oh, no, uh, yeah. A ghost on the, um, the shore that appears. And we explored the intercoastal waterway as it goes through that area. Just beautiful. Um, so anyway, it was it was just wonderful yeah. to have a relaxing time.
1: Absolutely, that's great. But
0: I missed the kitty cats. Oh and yeah, the and they missed
1: you. Yeah. <laughs> well, no clue did. Uh, but Kathleen and I came and visited with her.
0: I know, thank you so much <laughs> No problem
1: but, uh, So sometimes she snubbed us And sometimes she wanted attention <laughs>
0: <laughs> She was funny and She's Hose- a wonderful person And I don't think Hacienda went out to talk To Kathleen even yeah. once But boy she looked healthy and happy oh, so. <laughs> yeah. it, it was fun mm. well, We
1: were all cats sitting Everybody was out of town <laughs> uh, So um, we made, uh, Our cats cat our normal crew Yes. Yeah, I had a good time with them while you were gone. Alright, so what is, anything else happening in the area or going to happen that we know about? And it's kind of quiet. It, well,
0: yeah. You know, one thing I think we should talk about um, that you and I did last Friday was the local school yeah. called Holler Creek School that um Meets it's brand new school and they mostly meet outdoors and it's kindergarten through fifth grade and eleven students I believe they have or at least that day they came to see us right. and and Leslie and I were at the Presbyterian Church that we go to Mayberry um, a historic one of the historic rock churches. <laughs> And they wanted to learn more about the minister, the man who moved the mountain, who built up these rock churches that are dotted across the um, three counties here. And so we agreed that, yes, we'd love to talk to the kids, and it turned out they really taught us some things too about the geology of the rocks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we all were out examining through little I spy um, microscopes mm-hmm. the actual crystals and things found in the church. And I never even knew. I've been going to that church 17 years and I had never looked. At the individual rocks, I only saw, I've been going to that
1: church sixty years, off and on, and I never noticed those crystals until last week. I know, beautiful. The right just happened to catch one of them huh. when I was coming out uh, at Slate Mountain. The crystals are right by the door. Yes, uh, they're quartz crystals. They're they're clear quartz. Mm-hmm. You know, but people around here call them rock crystals. Right. And uh, they were right by the door, and they're large. Yes. At uh, Slate Mountain. Well, these were smaller and put a bit away. And uh, our friend Pam told a story about her her grandmother. Grandmother, her great-grandmother. Yeah. And uh, she walked on two sticks, which I used to see uh, older people. Instead of having a walker, like people do now, they would walk on two sticks, she wrote her apron with pretty rocks that she found up about a mile from the church. And she would come down onto a few sticks with the um, rocks in her apron for the church.
0: Oh, doesn't that just make you cry?
1: Yeah, and it's probably all those little rocks that were dotted in the front that we were saw.
0: Uh-huh, that fascinated the children. Yeah. yeah, And those were the nicest kids. Oh, very nice, very attentive. yes. And, uh, and they sang a thank you song for us, apparently at this school they learn a new song every week, and these are not easy songs they learned a Gillian Welch song (laughs) Red Clay for a Halo, I mean I ended up looking it up on YouTube and and sharing it it and these three of the kids were playing Dossimer Mm -hmm. with it, so uh, and my goodness yeah that was
1: quite an experience
0: oh if I had a kid, he or she would be at that school. Yeah.
1: You know, I think that it sounds like they were having a really good um, experience.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: they climbed uh, they climbed, climbed the bucklerbile.
0: Yes, that was their field trip. And, right. and, then,
1: uh, they, and they were going somewhere else
0: after. Um, oh, I didn't know.
1: Yeah, they, they, they
0: had somewhere else they needed
1: to go after that. And then for,
0: yes, and this is the sign of Jeff Sebens, who was the dulcimer maker maker, uh, and other instruments up here in Meadows of Dan for all those years in the building that is now your shop Oh yeah I still have a little um, card that he put up
1: um, about dulcimers and I've left the the wooden dulcimer on the back
0: oh yeah that big wooden dulcimer
1: it was, you know, a sign, kind of like a sign. I've, I've left that on the back. Of oh, the,
0: and that looks so cool. Yeah,
1: and, and he yeah. also did the woodwork, that, uh, or he put in that, um, our counter. Oh, okay. Because it uh, has a nice wooden top, too. Mm. So,
0: you know, well, just one of the nicest souls I've ever known sure. Yeah, and, special Yeah, Yeah, and his For wife, sure. Patricia, and yeah. obviously now... He yeah. has four sons. And yeah.
1: Well, this one's Aaron. Yes.
0: Yeah. Very.
1: So, uh, it looks like they're off to a great start with their school.
0: Yeah. What a great. Um, so we'll put
1: links to the um to the school site.
0: Yes, Holler Creek School. It's actually in Carroll County, yeah. but just over over the line. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's
0: on the property that they owned. That used to be part of Levering Orchard. Oh, okay. I didn't know it was that. When <laughs> Jeff bought that, land, Jeff and Patricia bought that land about 35 acres off uh, the Leverings, uh-huh. and that's where they then, you know, lived in a little barn while Jeff built their home.
1: Right.
0: And
1: they have been here quite a long time. Cause they were here when I moved back in 90. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think he had the dulcimer shop either at that time or shortly after. Yes. yeah I guess it was shortly after because there was a real estate office when I first moved back
0: so they had moved um moved here back to the Landers yeah, I guess you yeah, yeah. Uh, know that was oh part of fun. that yeah. and they were Quakers oh okay so yeah I think all the boys including Aaron went to Guilford and yeah. yeah
1: well it was fun it was a really good yes. thing to do yes yeah. all right what else have we got
0: I think it's time for your lesson. In...
1: Well, I didn't have a whole lot because things happened, life, you know. But um, I did look around and found a, a really cool knitting tool. And it's called the Easy Peasy Gauge Drawer by Crazy Cat Laser Designs. It's on Etsy, and what it is is a um, when you're Getting ready to do a project, uh, not everybody knits the same. So if you want to make a sweater, you need to figure out how many stitches per inch you are knitting and make sure it's the gauge that the sweater is based on. So for example, if I sit, if I knit five stitches per inch with a certain yarn and needle and the sweater calls for four stitches per inch, it's not going to fit. And so uh, it's something that knitters hate to do. A lot of us, uh, some of us will go ahead and wing it and be and just start the project. And if it doesn't work out, we'll do it over again. Guess who the some of us is. <laughs> but this little tool seems like it would um, make that process a little easier because it has a magnifying glass as well as the measurements. Or it's actually a magnifying bar with the uh, measurements on it. So you mean
0: for people who don't see well? Or? Well,
1: even for, I mean, some of the stitches, it might be 14 stitches an inch.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: Yeah. Uh, so even somebody with fairly good eyesight might have a little trouble counting uh, if you're making socks or something. So it, it, would, it does make it easier. And dark stitches are really hard mm-hmm. to see. So I think it would be a good tool for your toolbox. It's fourteen ninety nine. It is in stock. It has a lot of really good reviews. Uh, 21 uh, reviews for the item. And um, most everybody really says they love it. good. Okay. So I'll put a look to that. I did not like the first picture that she put up because the stitches look really weird. But then I went to the second and third picture and it made a whole lot more sense. I don't know why that first picture kind of repelled me. I'm sure she didn't mean that, Uh, and I'm saying she, but I just kind of
0: assume. (laughs) Who knows? All right, so what do we got next? Well, our topic for this evening, when when we were talking the other day about... um, what we wanted to discuss, I mentioned that Story Space overemployed this past weekend that meets once a month. This the storytelling uh, group that gathers that we had a great topic called a curious encounter, mm-hmm. and we had ten people who stood up and gave their stories, and they were all over the board. You know, of mm-hmm. people who were. Who had met someone, or who had been in an interesting place, Uh, even a couple possible uh, Bigfoot or ghosts while they were hiking up the Appalachian Trail. You know, I mean, the stories were curious
1: encounters,
0: curious encounters, Mm -hmm. and so. I thought perhaps I could share the one that I told. Absolutely. And then you could tell A Curious Encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, but let me start off with telling one that one of my students told. Uh, I had my students write years ago during, during a memoir writing class, and I phrased it a little bit different. I said, write about meeting a famous person. And, of course, that could be good, bad, exciting, whatever. And, you know, I had them write about 15, 20 minutes, and then we all shared. And this this one student, um, she was oh, may, probably a little younger, or around my, my age, and um, She started reading about being on a ferry boat in uh, Washington State. This is when she was growing up. She was probably about 16, 17 years old. And she was a um, rather tall, brown hair, you know, the part in the middle. We're talking the 70s, -hmm. right? With the straight hair goes down. Um, sort of how we all were back in back in that time, and she was riding the ferry boat uh, that was like a commuter for so many of the folks that live up in in that area, and she had uh, she she happened to be on foot, and she got out. Or she was walking around the rail and just you know, not thinking, you know, it's almost like riding the subway for other people, you know, and looking out the view. And this handsome man, young man, started talking to her, and very nice and animated conversation, she was really liking him, you know, thinking, ooh, yeah, this, this is uh, my lucky day, you know, to meet this guy. And he even said to her, hey, would you like to meet up um, later, or have a drink or something? Maybe we could get together tonight, tomorrow evening if you're free. And she's like, oh, okay, yeah, that would be really nice. I, I've enjoyed our conversation. Um, and so I've got a vehicle, you know, do you need a ride home? Uh, and she's like, well, okay, that would work. And about that time, her grandfather came walking by. He was on the boat. Now, what's odd about this is her grandfather was not a big part of of her life or her family's life. Um, He just wasn't, you know, occasionally you know, maybe once a year at Christmas he would stop by, but they just were not a close family. Well, about that time, her grandfather walked by, hooked his arm into hers, and said, hey, good to see you. I'll give you a ride home, and walked her away from the sky, and she's looking over her shoulder going, my grandpa, you know, that that kind of thing, you know, I'll talk to you later, and, um, And her grandfather just kept walking, and she didn't know what to say, you know. And she was a respectful kind of girl, you know, she wasn't rebellious. Um, And her grandfather didn't even say anything to her, but, you know, the boat landed at that time, and he drove her home, dropped her off at her house, and left. You know, it was not a big deal. The next day or two later, there in the newspaper front page was a picture of this guy and he was, you know, FBI most wanted. His name was Ted Bundy. Wow. <laughs> yes.
1: So that, were they looking for him at the time? Had they, they identified him as the murderer?
0: I guess at that point, they he had already murdered quite a few and they all looked like her. You yeah, know, yeah. it was I, that. I uh-huh. that. Well, and then somebody else he had talked to apparently had called the police. She didn't know, you know. No, no. But, but somebody suspected and called the police and, you know, and more got out. And that this Ted Bundy character wow. was.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, sometimes God looks after his little children
0: Exactly. <laughs> Yes, exactly, and sometimes it's in the form of Grandpa, even though, you know, he only appeared occasionally, but anyway, that was probably one of the most remarkable stories I (laughs) ever had a a student write, yeah, yeah, okay, (laughs) so with my own story, um, back, oh gosh, in the nineteen early 1980s. I really enjoyed reading travel books. Uh, Mostly I'm a fiction person, but I like nonfiction travel books. And so I had picked up a copy of the book Blue Highways by William Reese Tietman. And it was a journey he took across the United States after going through um a breakup of his marriage he was a, a professor and um and his wife I guess I don't know they they had worked in academia and and it was a very sad time mm-hmm. and so he had refurbished a van and drove across I mean all over America across up and down all around and so and he was a big Walt Whitman fan so it's very Philosophical, but it was down to earth too. And he took all the back roads, and you know talked about going into a restaurant and it had three calendars on the wall. You could really trust the pie would be good. You know, this was back I think around nineteen seventy eight, seventy nine. So, um, it, it, I just remember reading it and falling in love with this book. Now I didn't necessarily like what he said about West Virginia because he talked about one of the town all the for one thing, all the trash. And West Virginia was horrible back then. This is where I grew up, you know, and it was abandoned cars and tires in the rivers and I mean washing machines over the side of roads. But he talked about being in this one town and um, going into a restaurant and looking around and it, he said it was as if New York City or, or some big city's bus station had emptied out at 3 in the morning. You know, that was what, you know, the people had no teeth. You know, and so, I, you know, that was the one thing. But other than that, I loved the book, right? <laughs> I could forgive him. And so I read other things that he wrote through the years. And in the late 90s, I had been taking care of my father, and he had died, and I was living in the big old home place up in West Virginia, and um, I happened to pick up one of his books called River Horse, where he had gone across the United States by boat, by various boats, because, you know, sometimes it took a canoe, and sometimes it was... boat on one of the great lakes, you know. Uh, But it was fascinating and just a wonderful, wonderful book. And I got thinking, you know, I've never really written to an author. And I would like to write and tell this man that he made a difference in my life. Mm -hmm. So I wrote, you know, just a short note thanking him. And Of course, I sent it to the publisher, Little Brown, or I think that's who it was, um, care of, and I I really didn't think about it because I thought eh, whether he'll even get it. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Well, it wasn't, but I don't know, a month or so later, I got back a note from him, and he thanked me, you know, for writing, and then he did something that made all the difference. He said, you never said anything to me about you and your relationship with rivers. Well, that's all I needed. Oh, you know, oh, wow. I, I turned around and wrote him a five-page letter about my relationship with rivers, which I didn't even know I had until I started writing, you know? Of course, I learned to swim in a river. I had um, lived along the Buchanan River growing up, I mean, or it was nearby, I cabin on the middle porch, so anyway I just, I wrote him anything I knew about rivers because, you know, I was just so honored he'd asked me a question and sent it off and still never expected to hear but by golly, by the second or third time doing this he sent me his home address, you know, that I could write directly to him and we started this correspondence and um, in fact, my son had even sent him a book, one of his books, around Christmas time and said, would you please you know, write something to my mother in this, um, send it back to me, and he gave it to me on Christmas morning. And I mean, I cried like a baby. It was like, how did you get this? And, uh, it was so sweet. And, and it was probably about a year or so after that. That I saw he would be in Wilmington, North Carolina. He was he was the main speaker for a writers conference at UNC, Wilmington. And I I thought oh, I could drive down. You know, it'll I know it'll be a big audience and whatever, but it would be fun to see this person
1: sure.
0: just just to hear him speak. You know, that's all I'm thinking. And, of course, I get down there. I went by myself, and, and the auditorium holds, like, 2,000 people, and and I listened. Well, afterwards, they had a book signing, and you could stand in line, and, I mean, there were hundreds of people, and I kept moving to the back of the line. Anybody had come up, I'd say, here, just go in front of me, go in front of me. And about, I don't know, an hour or more, later, um, I'm the last person in line, and he sort of looks up, and I didn't even have a book for him to sign. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if he'd know who I was, you know? Mm-hmm. Even though we would written, he probably had a lot of people he wrote to. But I just said, Hey, man, I'm Beth. And he, he just looked up, and he's like, well, Beth! this is wonderful. You want to go get a drink? wow! I said, sure, absolutely. And so we went to a bar in downtown Wilmington along the river, as a matter of fact. And by three o'clock in the morning, the woman cleaning up, you know, having us raise our feet so she could mop underneath. She said, I'm so sorry, but I'm going to have to close, uh, close the bar. And so, um, um, we closed down that bar, and I was telling that story to um, a book discussion group at the Reynolds Homestead, where I worked. And this, of course, was you know a decade later or more. I was telling the story, and there was one older woman, very dignified, you know, sort of blue blood, old Virginia type that was in our book club, um, and she raised her hand. There were probably 25 people or so sitting around listening to my Mm -hmm. my talk on Blue Highways, you know, and she raised her hand. She says, Beth, I have a question. I said, yes, and she said, well, do they sleep with (laughs) (laughs) ya?" I'm like, oh, my God, and everybody was... Perfectly quiet. You know, it was but, all crazy. And, in it. and it was like all eyes on me. And I said, um, no, no, he didn't. And she said, well, that was certainly his loss. <laughs> and then, of course, everybody cracked up. Of course. I said, that was probably one of the weirdest speaking engagements I ever did. But that, that was rather funny. But here we are in 2022, and Heatman and I—gosh, 23, 24 years now Mm -hmm. that we've been friends, and we still, still correspond. Not quite as much as before. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's going to be 84, I think, this year. Well, he
1: must be a little
0: bit older than you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so he was around my age when I first met him, Yeah, yeah which is interesting. Um, and I've kept, of course, all his letters, yeah, all the yeah. postcards he sent. Uh, you know, I keep them in a, a, a mm-hmm. lockbox. Yeah. And I said, maybe my great-great-grandchild or something, if I ever have one, could sell them and go to college or <laughs> something. Or you know. write a book or write a book, or, or whatever. Because, you know, even though a lot of people maybe haven't heard of him, as I was telling the, the folks at Floyd the other night, I said, you can still go into any Barnes & Noble, any library in the country, anywhere, and if you go to their travel section, Blue Highways will be there. Oh, yes. I mean, it's in print. It, it's just... One of those classics. Yeah. So I
1: even read that back in the 70s, Mm -hmm. early 80s. In fact, I was thinking I can remember, I can picture it on the shelf Uh where it was uh, for years and years in my old house. Ah. And of course, when we change things around, it got put in a box. Yes. We'll find it someday.
0: I've given away so many. I always pick it. If I ever see it at books, use book sales or, you know, whatever, I just always pick up extra copies and then um, give them away. And a book came out a few years ago that I also, you know, purchased because I was so excited. It was called Blue Highways Revisited. Mm. And these people... Took the exact same trip and took pictures of the same places, uh-huh. and so it's just fascinating
1: to see how things have changed, right? How things right, have saved
0: the sun. Uh-huh. and he's put out a lot of other books since yeah. that time, also. So,
1: yeah, I like travel books too. I tend to like the ones in uh Europe,
0: oh, yes. Oh, uh, Mm -hmm. So, but anyway, that's sort of my curious encounter. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. Well, I've been trying to think of a curious encounter. We thought of one. What was
0: it? Oh, your cousin who
1: contacted you. Yes. Well, uh, I don't know how curious it is, but um, I have a, she's actually the same generation as my father. Uh, She's my father's first cousin. But she's really closer to my age my father's father came from quite a large family it's nine kids and so she's a child of one of the younger ones and just out of the blue one day i get an email from her her name's peggy or actually her name is leslie marguerite
0: oh nice
1: yeah and um but they've always called her peggy and just out of the blue she sent me a letter and just wanted to reconnect and where does she live she was in um uh, Kingsport, Tennessee. Oh, nice. not all that far away, but um, lots of health issues, I think, uh, and uh, some um, you know COVID-related things. So she doesn't travel very much, and uh, her husband's still working. He's a DJ. She was. She was actually a radio personality. Is that right? Yeah. She, she was, I always thought she was the coolest. She was a teenager when I was little.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And she's absolutely beautiful. She had this uh, uh, big, black, big black hair back, you know, in the 70s. She had the big black curly hair and uh, beautiful blue eyes and looked like her mother. Her mother was beautiful, too. And, uh, but anyway, she sent, started sending these letters, and we've been writing back and forth. And it's been really great because it just me to thinking, when we started, we were talking about her father's parents and her father and uh, all of the family. We were trying to figure out the family history. Mm-hmm. And um, then we just kind of gradually got into our own history. Mm-hmm. And since I hadn't seen much of her over the last forty, some years, you know, she knows really nothing about me, and I know very little about her. So we've been rediscovering ourselves with these um, letters. What a gift. It's really been really fun. Yes. Like, you know, things that I hadn't thought about in a long time and things I didn't think were particularly interesting that she just loves to hear. Ah. And, uh, so, yeah, you know, she grew up in the turbulent 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, Where did she actually grow up? In Johnson City. Ah, okay. Yeah, and, um, right in that area. Um, her, her father, of course, grew up in Dobbins, Virginia, and he went into the uh, military. And when he got out, he took advantage of something. You mean
0: Dobbins next to Stewart. Next to Stewart. Dobbins, right. Yeah, I yeah uh, next.
1: next to Stuart. And um, he graduated high school and went into the military. Very smart man. And then after he got out of the um, out of uh, the army or whatever it was, he um, took advantage of a lot of educational, army. and uh, he became a city manager or something, and married a very nice lady from that area, and that's where they settled.
0: Oh wow! Yeah. But I
1: remember they would come back very frequently to visit his parents, and then after his parents were gone, his brothers and sisters. So you know, I remember one particular picture that. She had two other sisters, and um, then there were two um, cousin boy cousins. They were all about the same um, age, and of course, we just thought they were the grandest. Things. Oh yeah, yes. oh yeah. <laughs> so, is your father getting a kick out of this? Not so much, actually. I mean, I tell him things, and I tell him some of the things that she knew about the family, but yeah, he's not really all that connected.
0: Well, she would have been, what, 15, 20 years younger? Oh, you? A lot more than
1: that, I think. Um, let's see, I'm 62, and she's about seven days so Oh, okay, and you know, he's 80. She's s- about 17 years older oh, right. or more. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, they didn't really connect as much. Right. You know, so she's basically closer to my age, ah. even though she's his first cousin.
0: I wonder if she knows your pictures on the wall up there in Abington. I we've not got to that that far. I sent her some
1: pictures. I sent her that great picture you did with me and the dogs. Because
0: okay. there's not all
1: that many pictures I like. <laughs> I mean, and um, uh, yeah,
0: so uh, yeah, we haven't got. Well, I've got several time. hundred pictures of you yeah, if you <laughs> ever <laughs> want yeah, to well, get Last go. picture of me and the dogs. <laughs> oh, when we hiked on the parkway. When we on the parkway.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, And I've sent her pictures of the goats and the dogs and and different things. And I tell her about the things we do. And it does seem like, um, I think both of her closest friends have left the area and are living in Florida or whatever, Mm -hmm. because retirement, which does happen. And then um, I think with her health issues, she's concerned about COVID. Because she doesn't get out much. She, She does have a son that lives with her. Okay. and her husband. Yeah. Well,
0: when we can, we should just take a trip down to Kingsport. That's only what two and a half hours far Yeah, that'd be fun. I that love that area. I would love to see her. So. Mm-hmm.
1: In fact, I don't think I've ever even mentioned the podcast to her. Well, we just haven't really got um, got that far. We've been so busy with all these other
0: things. <laughs> yeah, and see, you could. You could have inherited that gene. There must be some, maybe there's some radio gene in your family. You're the one that started this.
1: Yeah, yeah, she was a, um, she was definitely, uh, her, and her, her husband is a brilliant man. I remember him, um, he's a good writer. And I remember, um, I'm not sure how I saw it, but he wrote this really fun poem story to his brother-in-law for a birthday. We can't remember much about it but it was just so entertaining uh and pithy and uh and cute and captured the brother-in-law's um personality so well uh, i don't know if they even remember that but i do <laughs> uh, made impression yeah, yeah. yeah definitely i live near uh, his uh her sister and brother uh, brother-in-law while.
0: Oh, well, that's a very curious encounter that yeah, has yeah, just sort kind of, of was unexpected—dropped into your lap.
1: Yeah, it was unexpected that she just showed up, and then it was unexpected. It's—I guess we've been doing it since before Christmas. Has not been all that long? So, uh, yeah. You know, and she so
0: you are actually like second cousins or first cousins once removed, yeah, first
1: cousins or once removed or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that
0: was really a close
1: family um my dad's um you know my dad's father and his um my dad's father's siblings they were very close and even though i don't think my grandfather ever actually lived in the house with his younger siblings There were nine of them. So by the time the youngest came along, he was already out and working. Mm -hmm. And there were no twins, so it took a while to get nine. It (laughs) (laughs) It took a while to get nine. Uh, uh. (laughs) The oldest child was a girl, and then the youngest child was a girl.
0: Oh, goodness. And all the rest were boys. Oh, goodness.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So that was my curious and great encounter.
0: I really enjoyed it. Ah. Well, I hope maybe some people who are listening to this might respond on our Facebook page yeah. and tell us about a curious encounter. That would
1: be great.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: For sure. You know, I'm sure a lot of people have them. I think every everybody has yeah. them. Yeah. I really, I, I was trying to think of anybody famous, but you know, if, if I'm kind of around somebody famous, I will wander off of another direction <laughs> I came within uh, 30 seconds of meeting Wendy Wendell Barry one time
0: oh.
1: he was up here at Floyd and my, our friend Anita invited me to come to this little uh, I couldn't come to the top but I met her there and she was she was in line to talk to me mm-hmm. uh, so I was behind her and she was going to introduce me and just as she got there and started talking to me, this other woman that I knew came walking up and pulled me aside Oh <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Now I went to that talk. Oh, okay. Yeah, yes. I, I couldn't go to the talk, but I did go and uh, meet Anita. Uh-huh. And, um, and uh, yeah, yeah the girl that I knew didn't really know well recognized me and she called me a <laughs> <stop. laughs>
0: I don't know. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, You know, this is funny because I actually posted something to the Wendell Berry Society Facebook page today. Really? The first time i had ever posted anything yeah? because our mutual friend, Lisa Hollingsworth, mm-hmm. her husband, Jim Segety, was on a panel with Wendell Berry about, I don't know, maybe twenty years ago, a planning commission, you know, agricultural use and um and and city plant whatever. You right. know, one of those things. And so Jim and Wendell and there was this great picture of them. And I had posted it maybe a dozen years ago on Facebook and it popped up as a memory. Uh-huh. And just recently, uh, oh, I don't know, a year or so ago, I joined the Wendell Berry page right. on Facebook. And so I thought, well, golly, I should share this. It's a That's great so picture weird. and it's a nice little story. So I had, I had posted All right. it. And now to bring him up. So, yeah. 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 Well, We're on golly. the horizon. Yeah. And we've gone to hear... Several of, Lee Smith and oh, you know there are a variety of authors that we've. I sat next to Lee Smith while they were doing the introduction. She sat next to me and you know we exchanged a few That was a great talk too. I did get to go yes, to that. Oh, yes. and I did because of Regina,
1: I got to sit at the table with Sharon McCron one time. Yes, yes. Because I was I was uh, her. Driver chauffeur right and um, so that was fun.
0: Yes yeah. See I mean you know once once you start talking about yeah, them, yeah. I didn't
1: actually you know, meet her or talk to her though. She was talking to Regina. that they, they wanted to show Regina Because she's amazing
0: of course you know, yes. And, uh,
1: and yes. articulate and Very good. Uh, we had had a lady that um lived in, the, in Stewart that was a classmate of Sharon McCrumbs. And when they did those plays, uh-huh. yes. it was because of um, the classmate. Oh, okay. Kept, uh, I can't think of her name, but I probably shouldn't say But Yeah, but they, when they did those plays, the, the Bratz. Uh-huh, right. The Bratz.
0: The Bratz. The Bratz, yeah. Brats. Yeah. Something theater.
1: Uh, yeah. They were amazing. Uh-huh. they get back into the uh-huh, I
0: know. fine actors. Yes.
1: This local, good local folks.
0: Yes. Yeah. Community time. theater is such a wonderful
1: Yeah. Theater. Yeah. 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 The, these people were really good. They did mm-hmm. Steel Magnolias mm-hmm. and they did several Sharon McCrum's stories. Yeah. Some of the people from Martinsville Institute. Yes. Yeah. So you will need to get that back. <laughs>
0: Now. Yeah. Yes. that would be great Wait, hey, did you have a quote or anything oh well, I was going to just share um, one quote from Heat Moon mm-hmm. from Blue Highways actually so it's, it's from that if I can get this to load up don't get me started on CenturyLink oh, <laughs> oh goodness gracious They are. Anyway, here we are. What you've done becomes the judge of what you're going to do, especially in other people's minds. When you're traveling, you are what you are right there and then. People don't have your past to hold against you. No yesterdays on the road. That's a good one. Isn't that a good one? Yeah, yeah. and I think their prey have been a lot of people who have taken to the road for just that reason. Yep. Oh, I know a couple of nomads, the people
1: that are actually traveling around, mm-hmm. uh, mostly retired, and um, just going from place to place in a van or a small camper, and it's a little community.
0: Of people, I think. Oh well, yes, you know that movie Nomad that came. Yeah,
1: I haven't seen that yet.
0: I, uh, I thought it. you watched. We watched it here one night. That was some
1: reason I couldn't.
0: Make you it. couldn't come. Yeah, i have mm-hmm. forgotten.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course, they form some of their own communities. Yeah. You know, they start recognizing. Each yeah, I'm kind of looking after each other, looking out
1: for each mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. Very cool.
0: But it's true. Even if you're just gone, even the two weeks, you know, that we were down at the beach, mm-hmm. um, it was so free.
1: Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> Very <laughs> sure. free. Yeah. Sure.
1: Yes. Yeah, this has happened um, most of my life surrounded by people that
0: know me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's kind of a foreign concept to me. Uh-huh. Well, it wasn't until I went off to Australia at 17 that suddenly, wow, okay, I have to prove who I am. I never had to, you know. Well, well, that's,
1: you know, here, um, just because of family relations, there's certain expectations that you'll be this way.
0: Exactly.
1: And sometimes, particularly I noticed in school, sometimes people would... Expect negativity from certain from certain kids,
0: mm-hmm. which was a bad thing. Right. Yeah. Right. Depending on who their family Who's yeah. your mama? Who's
1: your daddy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, I just
0: kind of um,
1: expect that they would be this way, and kids will, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, fulfill expectations.
0: Right. And for me... It was sort of the opposite because my four older siblings were all very smart, kind, <laughs> nice, good people. And suddenly I just sort of rode in.
1: Well,
0: I got to ride with yeah, that. to be the doctor's daughter. And being the doctor's <laughs> daughter, which is small town West Virginia yeah. was, it, you know, the you had you you a little bit of limelight
1: yeah. whether
0: you wanted it or not. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: Yes, yeah. <laughs>
0: A very small taste of how it must be for famous people's yeah, kids. I can <laughs>
1: yeah, I imagine. Like, yeah, I think oh,
0: did, people be calling,
1: did you see that? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> definitely. So, yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: um, All right, well, we're look like we probably ought to start winding things up. Yes, thank you. This has been most enjoyable. Yeah, our show notes can be found at www.quincepodcast.com. We are also on iTunes, and uh, you can find us under Beth Amund Ford or Leslie Sheeler might be the easiest way. We're on Stitcher Radio and some other apps. Um, anywhere that you can find a podcast, you ought to be able to locate us. So we hope to see you in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye.